Welcome to Woodstock Nation. Your host, Marla Davies. Hello, welcome to Woodstock Nation. Today on Woodstock Nation, we're going to explore one of the greatest jam bands ever, at least in my opinion, the Dave Matthews Band. Great jam band. The Dave Matthews Band started like any great band should as a bar band. They worked their way up. They paid their dues. The band played their share of dives and frat parties when they started out in Charlottesville, Virginia back in 1991. And true to the genre, Dave was a bartender. He even wrote a song called Bartender, which helped him make the connection to form this long-standing rock band. Today, I'm going to share some of my stories of my love for the Dave Matthews Band, and we'll also talk with Danielle Madera, Vice President of Special Events for Another Planet Entertainment in San Francisco. She's a music lover and also a huge Dave fan, too. I started following Dave back in 1995, and it was to my good luck that I went in early to the show. It was the Grateful Dead in Las Vegas, Sam Boyd Silver Bowl, May the 20th, 1995, and Dave Matthews Band was opening. Never heard of him. Actually, I remember bitching about it. I was out there in the parking lot hanging out with some deadheads going, God, I wish I was Blues Traveler. I was assured by deadheads, hey, it's worth your time. Go in a little bit early. I loved partying in the parking lot. Loved it. Still to, still do to this day. But I pried myself away from the pre-party in the parking lot, and I headed into the show early. I saw Dave Matthews Band, and it changed my life. And from the first note of One Sweet World through eight amazing, now classic Dave tunes, ending with All Along the Watchtower, I was blown away. No encore, none needed. I was hooked. You know, tragedy struck shortly after that Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead passed that same year. I was absolutely lost like so many other deadheads. I couldn't even think of substituting. A lot of folks were just going out and seeing cover bands, dead cover bands. And I just, I couldn't even go there. I couldn't, I almost couldn't even listen to the dead for, I think about a year, actually. The tribe was splintered. Some people started following fish. A lot of people went with widespread panic, but for me, it was the Dave Matthews Band. And then at a breakup on top of that, and I needed some sweet soul music. And I found it by playing Under the Table and Dreaming, that CD, probably a million times over and over and over again. I really feel sorry for my roommates. Actually, my girlfriend that I lived with at the time, she's a Dave head too. I feel like I was a great big influence on that. Well, that cemented my love for the Dave Matthews Band, and I found a favorite song Dancing Nancy's. It's on Under My Table and Dreaming. Let's listen to some of the Central Park show in New York City back in 2003. Here's Dancing Nancy's on the Woodstock Nation podcast. Woodstock Nation. I was wondering if I might have been somebody other than myself. If I could have been somebody other than myself. Anyone? Well, could I have been parking lot attendant? Or could I have been a millionaire up there on Fifth Avenue? Or could I have been lost late at night somewhere in Central Park? Or could I have been on the stage? Could I have been anyone other than me? Could I have been? Anyone other than me Could I have been 
anyone other than me Could I have been anyone He stands, touches hair, its shoes untied Tongue gaping stare Could I have been a magnet for money Could I have been anyone other than me Twenty-three, I'm so tired of life, such a shame Throw it all away, but the images grow darker still. Could I have been anyone other than me in the night? I look up at the sky, my mouth is open wide. Black and taste, what's the use of worrying? What's the use of Davies, this is the Woodstock Nation podcast. Today we're talking about one of the best jam bands around, the Dave Matthews Band. They are absolute festival veterans. And they started out as a bar band. You gotta love it when they pay their dues, right? When Dave Matthews, Leroy Moore, Carter Beaufort had their very first rehearsal, they, they said they were awful. Not just kind of bad. I mean, horrendously bad, he said. They tried a couple of different songs, and they were pretty much terrible. Dave says, sometimes it amazed me that we had even a second rehearsal after that, but they did. They added Stefan Lassard and Boyd Tinsley, and there you have it, the Dave Matthews Band. They started touring, and they haven't really stopped. They did take off a uh, summer, a few summers ago, but we survived. We were sad for it, but... You, we got to understand, you respect that a band needs a little, a little family time, a little time, their own time, me time. They've played some huge festivals, starting at the Horde Festival in 1993 and 94 and 95 and 96. And then there was Woodstock, 1999. Yeah, that was the bad one, the muddy one. The one that the San Francisco Chronicle headlined the day the music died, the one with the fires and the rapes, the disaster one at the old Naval Station in Rome, New York. Yeah, that one. The Dave Matthews Band played there. And Dave Matthew even got cited in Rolling Stone magazine as number six why Woodstock 1999 was so bad. There was a lot of flashing during the set and a lot of nudity. I've seen the pictures. Girls were just walking around topless which I think is actually kind of brave, just saying. And people were flashing Dave during that set, and Dave said out loud in the microphone, today there's an abundance of boobies out there. But he didn't say boobies. He said the T word. Yeah, that word. Well, that one is one you don't really say in public. It is frowned upon. And then he followed it up with too much, the song too much. I eat too much. I drink too much. I want too much, too much. And Woodstock 1999 was absolutely too much. Then there was a free show in Golden Gate Park, September the 12th, 2004. My son's very first birthday. He was born on September 12th. And I wanted to go with all my heart. Of course, we had family coming in, friends. We had that number one birthday party. And I told my husband, let's just blow it off. Me, you, and the kid, the one-year-old. Let's go to Golden Gate Park. We live in the Bay Area. Let's go and enjoy it. 
I got voted out on that, and I, at least I have the recording. It's a wonderful recording, if you ever want to catch that, from Golden Gate Park and surprise guest Carlos Santana. A lot of free shows. They've done the free show at Virginia Tech. Of course, they're Virginia boys. They consider themselves that, even though Dave's from South Africa. In 2007, it was for the student body after a mass shooting on campus. In 2008, they headlined the Mile High Music Festival in Denver, playing alongside Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And then in 2009, Outside Lands. Outside Lands is one of the great festivals in San Francisco. It has proved itself to be wonderful. And I was there. So excited. Such a wonderful year. It was the second year of Outside Lands on the polo fields. And uh, this year, it's been going on strong. This year, they broke new ground and became the first official music festival to sell legal cannabis on site, calling it Grasslands. In 2012, they played the Hangout Music Festival in Gulf Shores, Alabama. That looks like a fun festival. It's right there on the beach. 2013, the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. That is so great. I have gone to the Jazz and Heritage Festival, and I went to Mardi Gras one year. Not at the same time, different years. And I realized that the Jazz and Heritage Festival is superior because people are there for music and not just drinking, right? And partying. They're actually there. They might be partying, but they're actually there for the music. That is, if you've got a bucket list, put that one on it. And then Farm Aid. Dave Matthews Band has played many times, and now Dave is on the board of directors. And this year, Dave and guitarist Tim Reddles are going to perform Dave says that family farms are essential for all of us. Hallelujah. They are bringing our festivals to the heart of the struggle, and we stand side-by-side by by farmers. Farm Aid is in East Troy, Wisconsin, September the 21st in 2019. I've been seeing Dave Matthews, I just realized this, for 24 years. Someone asked me when I was in Tahoe, how many shows have you seen? I'm thinking 40, 50 I don't know. I'm thinking a couple of year. So I feel, you know, it makes me feel a little old. Like, oh my gosh, I've been seeing Dave for so long. But you know what? Going to a show absolutely makes you feel young. Coming up, we're going to talk to Danielle Madeira, Vice President of Special Events at Another Planet Entertainment in San Francisco. Besides being a music promoter, she's also a music fan. And Dave Matthews is on the top of her list. She's up next. It's Woodstock Nation and more after this. Woodstock Nation. Welcome to Woodstock Nation. Your host, Marla Davies. Hello, it's Woodstock Nation. I'm Marla Davies. I've shared my stories about the love of the Dave Matthews Band, and now I'm excited to welcome my friend, Danielle Madeira. What's so cool about Danielle is that she lives and breathes music. She loves it. And we have one thing in common. Well, more than one thing, but this one is magnificent. It's the Dave Matthews Band. I just came back from my little mini tour, Dave Matthews Band in Tahoe and Sacramento. Danielle picked up the San Francisco show at the brand new Chase Center. Danielle is a wheeler and a dealer and a mover and a shaker in the Bay Area entertainment world and promotes shows at the Bill Graham Civic in San Francisco, Great Theater in Berkeley, Fox Theater in Oakland, Harvey's in Tahoe, The Independent in San Francisco, and Outside Lands. She's a busy girl, and I can't tell you how long it took to get this interview for this podcast. So I'm really happy that Danielle's here. Danielle. Yes. Yes. You made it. You made it. You made it. 
I can't. You're like a rock star, man. You're a rock star. We're just, we're just creeping into Rocktober slowly, and we got our Life is Beautiful Festival next week, and it's just been a uh, little, little nuts, but, you know, fun. There's no complaints coming from me. There you go. Well, you're busy. You're making money, yeah. and you're putting on music, so it's good. And you actually have time to go see some music. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's hard because you get into this business, and it's, you know, the reason we all get into the business, and then it sometimes you know the way our trajectory of our company has kind of we didn't have any venues in the beginning when we when we started the company um and greg and sherry started the company 16 years ago and now it's just like i can't even keep track it's a little crazy i'm so i'm really proud of you for going to see you know dave matthews is the new chaser you actually went to a show and enjoyed it as as a concert goer could you actually do that um, I, I, I did, I can't, I, I did, I think it was kind of more on the second half of the show because I, I, you know, I, I feel like through the years, I mean, it's a new building and I, I hadn't really explored certain areas of it. And so I got, I did a little exploring, so there wasn't as much focus on the show as I would have liked. Uh-huh. But I like to I, dedicate I, myself entirely to, I mean, I, I'm, I'm into it, right? It's, it's a, sure. it's a release. It is the best when you, that's why like last year I went to one of my other favorite bands is Radiohead and I went to a Radiohead show in Toronto. So we had to totally just enjoy it and not feel like I had to run around. You don't, you know, you feel some kind of responsibility um, on the operation, any, any side of it, you know? Well, you know, so, we talked to Kevin Lyman who does the Warp Festival promoted forever and ever and ever. Oh yeah. And at the end, you know, we talked to him about that. And he said, you know, I just, I, I put it to rest because I don't get to enjoy this shows anymore because I'm constantly going to shows and thinking about, oh, I could have done this. I should have done this. I would have done this. The security. The, and he wasn't enjoying the music, so he wanted to take a step back. And I'm sure that's for you. I mean, you do so many shows and to actually enjoy one is, is difficult i'm sure you don't get enough time to do that someone's like danielle do this danielle danielle the man you know yeah and then also depending if it's in the bay area then you just seem to know a lot of people that are at the shows too so it's just too much chitty chatting yeah it's too much chitty chatting and and so your brain kind of gets into that mode so i still haven't learned how to do it i'm you know luckily i don't you know because my job has evolved in in and at another planet so I have less, you know, responsibility of any of the shows, but it still doesn't mean that I'm still not looking for things to make every, ultimately the, you know, the experience great for all the other people that are in the audience. I know. Well, I think you need to be selfish a little bit. Now, I know you're a big Dave fan. Is Dave on your, I, I, I'm not sure, is it Dave in your top one, two, three? Where does he come in the ranking of Danielle's favorite bands? I would say three. I think, I think in the top three. Okay, top three. Sure. Who, what's number one then? Oh, God. Um, well, I would say top three. Like, he, I think interchangeably the top. Yeah, so it, it's hard to say for a live experience. Like, I just mentioned Radiohead. I love Radiohead. And I mean, God, it's so hard because it, I think it all evolves because the show you saw, like, Arc I saw Arcade Fire when they played the Great American Music Hall back in the day, and that show was pretty much blew my mind. So it's like, it, but then you, you know, come across another Bonnie Bear at the Fox, the one we came out with uh, for Emma, and that album was just in mind-blowing. So it's like, I think there's, it's all, I think the, the other place on the top three kind of evolved. It moves around. It moves around. Yeah, well, you it know, moves around. Sometimes it's an emotional connection because when Under the Table and Dreaming came out, I just was explaining this on the podcast earlier, that when Under the Table and Dreaming came out, I had a, a breakup 
and I was emotionally wrecked. And so I listened to that over and over and over and over again. And, and so that then it cements into your mind as something like a life changing kind of music. Oh, yeah. I mean, depending on the time of your life, like I definitely think that there I, I always kind of put it towards an age range, but I think it's bigger than that, you know, uh, but you know, when you are introduced to a band that, I mean, I can say before Dave Matthews band, I, I liked music, but I wasn't really, you know, Dave Matthews was kind of my intro. He was my gateway drug. Okay. Music. Like, because I was at, at the university of Kansas and that's when all the tapes started landing everywhere. And we were listening to them and that was just like, I mean, there was, it was, my, it was just different and it was, I mean, we, me and my friends just listened to it all the time. And then they would come in doing frat parties and, you know, it, it kind of sucked because I did always try, you know, those frat parties that you had to have, get a date and like, get to ask to, that, that made me feel weird. Oh, so I, you know, but you, you find a guy friend and go to the, those, those frat parties that had, that booked them. And I think we were one of the last University of Kansas is one of the last frat parties they did before they just kind of blew up, exploded. So when so, was that? That was when in the early nineties, then, right? Yeah, it was. So I graduated. It was like ninety-five or six. Ninety-five or six. Yeah, because I I grad. Yeah, ninety-five or six. Because that's when I was there from ninety-four to ninety-eight. See, and I saw, I happened to see him open for the Grateful Dead at Vegas in 95. Oh, that's what I heard was the ultimate. Because, you know, Corn Cashflow, like, loves the dead. And he kind of, you know, how he mapped out Corn's amazing manager, but how he kind of laid out um, getting the word out about Dave was similar to how the dead did. And so I think that was probably the most awesome ultimate show for a lot of people. Yeah. Importantly, it, the manager. <laughs> it blew, yeah, it blew my mind. So, and, and you know, I haven't stopped. And then I thought, geez, I've been following this band for 24 years. And that's a lot. That's a lot of years. <laughs> that's well, a quarter of a century almost. Yeah, well, I know. It's kind of weird. When I first, I first, I went to a Dave show in 90. Six, like so. Basically, I went to I was uh, backpacking through Europe, and um, I saw just randomly got tickets for Fish in Amsterdam and Neil Young in like a racetrack in Hamburg, Germany. Like the next day, um, I randomly in this big racetrack happened to meet Bob Dylan's guitar tech came out to me and it was really nice. And then I was freezing cold. It was freezing, and then. Like, he brought our group just backstage to get some coffee and catering. And um, that was the first time I met Dave because he was walking through. And I was just like, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Oh, you couldn't even hold it back. Well, I just was like, can you introduce me? <laughs> and it was just, I mean, he was more fascinated by the guitar deck because it was Bob Dylan. But yeah, but that was the first time I actually met him. And then the next year is when I um, went on. I was a Greenpeace girl for a lot of shows that came in you know, through Kansas City or University of Kansas. Um, and I, cause one of my friends worked for Greenpeace and went on tour with a lot of different um, bands. And I basically, um, anytime a band would come in town, because, I mean, I was living, you know, students, no money. Poor, so poor college I, student. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, so I'd get, like, you know, I'd get to volunteer at the table. I was really good at reenacting when, you know, the fish, like, bigger, like whales got caught in the nets and trying to explain the different things that were going on globally, environmentally. Um, and then I'd go in and sneak in and watch a show, sound check, and then the show. So 
And that happened with uh, you too. But my favorite was Dave. So Greenpeace got you open doors for you. It opened doors for me. And then when I, on my last year of my senior year of uh, college, or between my junior and senior year, um, I was doing an internship in LA and I ended up volunteering at an Irvine Meadows show to set up a booth. And they asked me if I could finish up the tour with them because one of the Greenpeace guys was going, was, you know, just dropping off in San Francisco. So that's when I got to actually know the family that is the Dave Matthews touring, you know, crew and band at that time. And that was 1997. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, I got to go experience the gorge for the first time, hang out and go out to dinner with all. I mean, it was just like really cool. I mean, because I was a huge fan, you know, huge. How do you hold that back? I mean, not act like a complete, you know, dork. You know, you just try to keep it cool. Yeah. I mean, I was, you just try to keep it cool. And then it's kind of weird when you get to know them and then it just becomes, I mean, I, you know, when I, they're, this was, okay, so yeah, this, so this was 97. So when years later, um, when I started working at Another Planet, it was like seeing old family friends because we'd always do their shows when they came back around. So it was, it's weird because, you know, our stage stays, stays the same, but there's this, you know, rotating group of characters that come onto that stage and talk about like feeling old. Like, you know, <laughs> we, I mean, like if you don't see anybody, you know, every year or when they took the years off, something would happen. Somebody would have kids, somebody be divorced, somebody's, you know, going through an ailment or somebody's, you know, I, it's just weird. It was almost like, you know, seeing, life um just through like every year with certain people so it was kind of it was i mean like i just saw them and you know i found out one of my good friends actually ex-boyfriend the sound engineer bagley retired which i didn't know about so um you know it's it, I mean, it's really family a family environment yeah it's like yeah yeah it's like a circus and we're the circus too, you know, we're, we're the promoter. We just stay in the same place. It's like a circus. Yeah. I mean, to, that kind of touring, it has to just be, you know, a lot of work. And, you know, a couple of years back, Dave took a break from touring and I can, you can see why, right? Yeah. He, he yeah. has, he's married his kids and the whole thing. Yeah. It's, and, and that's another marker is Dave's kids. Cause I remember when Ashley was pregnant, the twins, and now the twins are taller than me. And it's just like the beautiful girls. It's just, you know, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine, but I, you know, they keep doing it and they keep, I mean, they don't, I would assume they don't need to, but thank God they still do. Thank God. Right. So because it, it's so good. You know, he said, I was reading an article. He said when they first toured, of course, they were eating just crappy tour food, but they have kicked it up a notch now with, you know, they're eating really well and they're making oh sure God. to take care of themselves because touring is really hard. Yeah, they're running. I mean, they are great. I mean, just saw them last few days ago, it feels like. Um, and they, yeah, this is, they, they're they're maturing in a great way as, as, you know, I mean, at some point you either burn out or you start realizing what you need to do to keep this, uh, the lifestyle going because, no, I mean, I, I could imagine because you have to be pretty disciplined. I mean, I I would have a hard time saying no to, uh, you know, a drink after, you know, every show or. You know, right. I'm sure I'd want a drink after every show and before the show. <laughs> and, before, <laughs> and, 
during the show. And during the show, but they were, you know, they're 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 healthy characters, and it seems like the band, especially right now, is doing really really well. Yeah, they seem. I mean, I you know, you have a better perspective. I mean, you probably were backstage and you got a chit chat or whatever, but. It was funny because I was listening to the, the radio Sirius and uh, it was Dave's like, yeah, let's listen to something when I was 30 pounds lighter, uh, something from the 90s. <laughs> yeah, I mean, by the way, I think that Sirius station is genius just because I feel like it's gotten, you know, sometimes I go in and out on listening to just the recorded music, but it's like so great because it just brings back memories, but it also just kind of brings a lot of people back into that, um, you know, that that this into the band again and you know else is brilliant you're saying it's brilliant i think it is too i love it you know because it's very genre specific dave matthews band but then they do oh who are the some of the artists that affected you or influenced you and then they bring out other stuff you know like hey i loved sly and the family stone or very cool right yeah because i mean it's really important to know who has i mean there's always somebody that influenced or got you you know, excited about music, and it's always good to hear how that was. But and you can hear that you can even hear Sly a, a little bit in the band. You hear that a lot. Hey, you know, Dave's been playing a lot of covers too. So he whips yeah. out "Fly Like an Eagle." Didn't he play yeah. ACDC at the San Francisco show? It somehow morphed yeah. into staying alive. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was just like, whoa, okay. I mean, yeah, they're getting pretty creative, and it seems like they're having a lot of fun with that. It's just, it's so great. And we, and we got a chance to go on tour. I love to get away, you know, and my, it was funny because my kid just turned 16 and he was, and I told him, me and my girlfriend's coming up from LA. We're driving up to Tahoe and this whole excursion. He's like, Mom, I think you're being a little bit frivolous. Don't you? <laughs> what? No. So your son is disciplining or. Just yes. Somebody has easy. to. Yeah, I know. You're calm. I can't even imagine. Like my eight year old is just like, <laughs> This is, it was funny. He was mad at me because I had to leave, you know, I had to leave the house and I had him with the babysitter and I had to go to a show. And he was like, why do you go to these shows? Like, what do you need to do anything? All you do is go backstage and talk to people. You don't even do anything. Like, <laughs> right. He has a point. I mean, it's not like I'm, you know, I'm not pushing cases or, or trying to set up the speakers but i was like i need to go <laughs> i need to go i need to be there and i want to go like, but you don't tell them that it's work it's mommy's work okay it's mommy's work okay that's right oh wow absolutely so and one day <laughs> right so the san francisco show amazing i mean i'm really jealous i didn't go i you know i i the show was added on later after i already had the other tickets and that was the weekend shows and that show was on a tuesday and you know how it goes i know i know yeah i think that was yeah and the tuesday night thing but i looked at the set list and it it looked just magnificent and that great yeah yeah i know i'm jealous i was so jealous my neighbor came over i'm laying on the couch like watching something he goes he walks over and puts his hand on my forehead he's like seriously Dave's playing in San Francisco. Are you sick? Why are you here and not there? <laughs> I was like, I know. <laughs> You're like, don't rub it in. I know. Don't rub it in. I should have just rallied a little harder. But, you know, it takes a lot out of you to go to a, a big show. I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah, it does. And I think that's a new venue, too, so everybody's trying to figure it out. Yeah, how to you get know, there. That was a lot of uncertainty. Great. It's great. I mean, it's going to be, it's just, it's still being, you know, worked on. Like, you know, I think people, they just kind of, once they go to one show, they're going to figure it out 
better. So yes, it's a intimidating for new venues or you know to go to new venues. Right, because it's, it's a beautiful venue. I heard, I mean I heard and, and even the venue in Sacramento was beautiful. Oh, I love yeah. That's a great yeah. the Golden One. It was really yeah. really cool. And right, just in the there place, downtown. It's awesome. It was yeah. I loved it. Really but c- coming from the South Bay, I was like, oh, how do I maneuver this Chase Center? Do I have to take the train? And then you know this this yeah the uncertainty. I guess I, you have to kind of do a practice run or something. But that's part of the fun. The journey, the, you know, the adventure. It's the adventure. That, yeah, not a pain, not a pain, an adventure. An adventure. You have to just have the right spirit with all that kind of, with any any kind of thing you do, you know, especially when it comes to rock and roll because it's like hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait, you know, <laughs> how that goes. <laughs> do I know that? Yes, yes. <laughs> well, Woodstock Nation, our podcast is really about festivals, and I have to say I felt so lucky that I saw David outside Lands oh, yeah. second year. Great year. Yeah, second year. It, it, and the festival's really grown a lot since then, but those were the those were the early days, and I was just so oh, yeah. Well, it's interesting because I was talking to somebody, um, and she was a lot younger, and she was talking about how she's you know she grew up in San Francisco, but watching you know how Alzheimer's has grown so much, and I was kind of like, okay, well, but you know, because I usually just see the number of people, but I don't really know what that means. Like I don't go, since I don't do the marketing anymore, I'm not really in tune with where they're from. And she goes, oh yeah, my friends from Hong Kong came in to see the show. And I'm like, whoa, we're getting like international. Yeah, international feel. And so it's getting a great reputation, I think on a global scale, which is great. Awesome. You know, the thing about that festival is, you know, I saw it in the early days and it was great. And then I've been later, you know, last couple of years. And it still has a small, I mean, it is big, right? But it has a, right. the venue, I mean, the, it's so beautiful in the park. And there is a chance to walk away and kind of get your own space in there. And it's roomy, I, I think. Well, I think it's curated really well, too. I mean, especially musically, because, you know, sometimes you see, like, some of the festivals are kind of looking very similar as far as lineups. But, you know, Alan Scott and, you know, our booking team do a really, really good job curating for who we want to showcase and like I mean I feel like there's still a lot of discovery in it and I think there's a trust value that these are really good bands it's almost you know not just the ones that are there's hits out there or you know there's things that are it's almost like I don't want to say our community music sounds but I think they look a little deeper into what their tastes are and I and and it aligns a bit with what our tastes are as music lovers too and so it kind of works out perfectly right because you learn and hear like you had mavis staples this year oh legend right she's 80 years old on tour and that that probably her music was turned on all these younger people probably saw that show and were blown away yeah exactly right that's so great yeah because that and that's what's so beautiful is that that's that might be some kids imprint I mean, we might be put somebody on that stage as somebody's imprint and is their gateway drug. Into yeah. Gateway. I hate the one I'm to say drugs, but, but you know what I mean? Yeah. One way of realizing I need to go deeper into this. Right. Exploring. And, it's and, great. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, I, I mean, I love festivals for that. I particularly love the outside the lands because that's, there's I feel like a little more there's a purity to it that I still think we've kept intact. I think so. I still, it's still really wonderful. And it's, and it, sometimes it's cold. I think that's good too. The fog blows in and it takes people <laughs> well, off guard. <laughs> you should see it because, like, once we're there, we, you know, like most people, I don't leave. So you should see 
I, I, I have a tank top to a parka basically, yes. in, 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 in my trailer ready to go at any time. And this year we had the best weather I think we've ever had. Uh-huh. Nice. Pretty, that helps. Yeah. But the fog oh. is still mystical as far. I mean, I love the fog well, when it rolls in. I feel like the fog is part of, I mean, it's part of the show. Yeah. The Radiohead year. Oh, yeah. It, it was, I felt like somebody was like, got cue the fog. And it just came in right when they were playing. It was so perfect. Right. The setting in itself was just perfect. You know, there's stuff like that. I've seen the dead in the weirdest places. And, you know, suddenly there's rainbows and, you know, all this crazy <laughs> stuff. Rainbow. And it, yeah, double rainbow. <laughs> you, know, you start to think, is what's going on? What's going on yeah. upstairs right now? Are you looking down yeah. here? You know, it does make you think. Yeah. Does make that's the that's the cool magical part about that kind of, of festivals and stuff. Oh, by the way, so at Out, Outside Lands, remember Fergie jumped on stage and played with Dave Matthews. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love her. I, was, I love I her. Love her. So I was standing with her. Do you know the story? No, tell me again. If I did, maybe I do. Oh, my God. oh, that's so funny to say that. So I was standing next. Uh, so me and Fergie were having some wine, and she um, did she. I mean, I did her favor by doing somebody wanted to meet her. And then she and me had some wine and we were drinking and we're hanging out with Apple side stage watching Dave Matthews. And then she looked over at me. She's like, should I go out? Should I go out there? Like, should I, I think he looked at me like, I, I was, she's like, should I go out there? Should I go out there? Like, and I'm like, I, I don't know what the artist per artist communication is on. Yeah. Jump on the stage with me. But I, um, I said, uh, I think you, yeah, I mean, you, only you can, you know, tell or whatever. So I was like, sure, I, you know, sure, as far as I'm concerned, go on out there. And then I was like, I'm going to get us some waters. So I went off stage to get some water, came back up, and I looked at Dave's security guard, and I was like, where did she go? He's like, pointed at the stage. I'm like, oh, oh, wow, she went out there. So she just, it wasn't planned. She actually just jumped out on stage. It was, there was no plan. Oh. <laughs> I came off the stage and I said, you know, because I know that just the, the bands, when they don't expect anybody to tap them on the shoulder. So that's like, like I said, did he look at you? And she, I said, did you make sure he knew you were on stage? Because there's nothing that would scare an artist more than playing so many gigs and then just having somebody like grab them, you know? Right. It could be a band that jumps on stage. And she's like, oh yeah, no, he totally looked at me and whatever. And I knew I'd be able to know if that happened or not. And I don't, I don't know. I don't think he did because it, it was on video. I was on YouTube really quickly after. But it, it, I mean, it was. I think they cut that song. They had to, it was, you know, Jimmy thinks usually 14 minutes, and it turned out being seven minutes. And she, when she jumped on, I mean, it was great. It was a great, you know, you know, right in a the moment. They, you know, she did that, and she's hilarious, and she's so fun, and it, you know, I thought it was. I, was, I think those spontaneous moments are worth it, especially when it wasn't planned. That's what makes it kind of cool. But I'm sure Dave's like, oh, oh, what the hell? What? What? Okay. All right. We're gonna, this is going to turn around a little bit. Yeah, this is going to change things. Well, you got to be flexible. Change things. Right. Yeah, flexible when Absolutely. Hey, when it comes to Dave, what can you say your favorite song? Do you have a favorite song or is that just it's too hard? Um, I, I kind of always go with the... Like the one that was kind of my obsessed, obsessive one in the beginning will still be probably my forever because that's yeah. one of the imprints. Yeah, me too. So it's like, I think two step and line our graves. I mean, line our yeah. graves, I was like in Europe in front of like, you know, a, a field of sunflowers in Italy. And it was just kind of that moment when I'm just like trying to figure out what to do with the rest of my life. 
And T-Step just always was, I mean, I've always been obsessed. So I kind of like, but there's, there's, there's a lot more, but I kind of go to that part when I was in the obsessive stage. Yeah, me too. I go with the Dancing Nancys. I love that one. But Two-Step is a classic. 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 Me too. I mean, you can't. Oh, oh, it makes me cry. And the weirdest thing is, I have to say, and I know this is going to sound kind of spacey hippie chick, but I feel like there's been a couple times I've seen God at Dave shows. Oh, yeah. I mean, so you get kind of sick. You get into it. I mean, and I cry. I've cried and laughed and the whole thing. I was breaking up. I think it was even with the sound engineer. I was breaking up, sitting, standing right behind him when he was playing Grace is Gone. And I was just. Uh, yeah yeah it takes you there it takes you and that's yeah, what makes definitely. it so magical yeah that's what music does <laughs> exactly well, if there's anything if somebody has never been to a dave show what how would you describe it what would you you tell them to expect at a show that they're gonna they're gonna be dancing a lot more than they probably anticipate and they'll be really sore in the morning <laughs> yeah and like you i mean it's weird how much they can just me as musicians, like just watching Carter drum is probably one of the most magical things ever. It's like, Jesus, what is that? I mean, that's, he's, he, uh, you just stare at the drummer and see if you could ever do any, I mean, there's, there's no way. It's just, he's magical. He's got the beat. So, he's holding the beat. Watch, watch them because they're true musicians that are really going for it. So. And, and just have a blast. I feel like, come on. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I would have loved to go on to Tahoe with you. We got to hook it up together. I know. I know. I know. That. Hopefully next year. Hopefully next year. I have no idea about touring, <laughs> but I, I'm on my side of the biz. But I wish I knew what the schedule or if they're going on tour next year. I hope. So. I hope they do. Please, will they have to? I We're living so. for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go on if they don't. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much, Danielle. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Really, thanks for your time, Danielle Madeira, the fabulous one. Of course, she's just, you know, she's the greatest, works for uh, Another Planet, and just helps us bring the music to the Bay Area and even further. So thank you for all your good work, too. Uh, Oh, thank you, Strange. Appreciate you, too. Woodstock Nation. Thanks to Danielle Madeira. She's the Vice President of Special Events at Another Planet Entertainment in San Francisco. Beside being the music promoter, she loves music too, and it was great that she spent some time with us. I've known Danielle for years when I used to work in radio and always tried to get tickets from her. Thank you, Danielle, for all those tickets. Woodstock Nation, the revolution, evolution, and life-changing magic of music festivals from Woodstock to today. Woodstock Nation, the podcast, is in association with Woodstock Nation, the documentary, to be released in 2019, brought to you by the wonderful people at Green Age Development. Any music used in the Woodstock Nation podcast is owned by the artists and is used for education and illustration purposes only. Thanks for checking in, liking us, sharing us, and following Woodstock Nation on the Pantheon Podcast Network and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Always great to be together. Can't wait till next time. And talk to you then. Peace. Peace, love, and thanks for being part of the tribe. 
from Marla Davies and everyone here at Woodstock Nation. Tune in, turn on next week.